0: with you tonight. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Rudo. Um, thank you to the band. Um, you know, I just love it when we can go um, almost sing prophetically over our situations and know that God is in control. Amen. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, my name is Rudo. I'm one of the pastors here at our Linwood congregation. Um, and uh, it's great to have you visiting us. If you're visiting us tonight, um, welcome over this long weekend. You know that the group that's over there are in Mahalis this weekend. <laughs> the group that's doing the Machalis. Um, so we know it's long weekend um, if uh, there's races and all of these things. The Cape Epic started today. Anyone watch that? Oh yes, Linton. Cool. Lekker, it's great to be with you tonight and to share the word with you. It's such a privilege. It's always a privilege to share the word and and so, um, for those of you that's joining us tonight, maybe for the first time, over the last few weeks we've we've been um, sharing into this sermon series called uh, "When God Builds." When God builds, and how do we align ourselves to God's plan and to what He is busy building? And so, Donnie spoke um, two weeks ago about when God builds, it involves people. Like God will always use people when He's building, um, not because He has to because he wants to. He wants to use us. And so, um, and last week, Gideon did a great job. He spoke about when God builds, we need to align our hearts. And whenever we align our hearts, God can use us to build. And so tonight, we speak about an interesting topic and uh, sometimes controversial in the church world. And we speak about generosity. When God builds, our resources, our giving needs to align because whenever it aligns, God can use that to build um, and to build whatever He is building. And so if we want to build with God, not just our hearts align. We say, yes, Lord, thank you for my heart. You say it my heart. Thank you. And go on with our lives. Now, everything aligns, even our generosity. And so we will speak tonight about this, and I'm excited to share the word with you um, on this. How can our resources align this is the question I want to ask. How can our resources align with God's building plan? How do we align our resources with God's building plan? So I want to share with you this testimony sort of as an intro, uh, an example. If we align our resources, it contributes to God's building plan. Not just in your love life, but in other people's lives. So, in 2018, I, I uh, no, not 18, 2008, sorry. <laughs> let's go way back. 2008, but let's go another year back. So, 2007, I went on my very first mission to Mozambique. That was my first mission. I fell in love with the nation. I fell in love with missions and going to nations, you know, going over the border, passport, that whole thing. I just loved it. Um, so, that was my very first mission. We went to a remote a um, little mission sta- station in the middle of, of Mozambique. And part of me studying and being a student, that whole mission was part of my year, part of my tuition. So I didn't pay for that. It was part of everything. In the following year, the church that I was part of sent a similar mission to the same destination. But this time it was a student mission. This time it wasn't part of my tuition, and for a student that worked at Kumbooks at that stage, earning 11 rand an hour, 3,000 rand was quite daunting, okay? So going to my parents, they, you know, they, my parents worked on the mines at that stage, financially not going very well. Um, that was not the answer. My salary was definitely not the answer. So I had to trust God if I wanted to go on this mission. Three thousand rand sounds daunting, you know. In today's terms, you're like three thousand rand, but for a student, three thousand rand is a lot of money, all right. And so I trusted God and I said, "Well, Lord, this Sunday evening, I'm going to sign up for this mission. I want to go on this mission." So I signed up, trusted God. Then I'm going to pay for it. The very next morning, the Monday morning, the the church, the church office, Tanny called me because she knew who I was. Um, because I worked sort of part-time at the church, um, so she knew who I was. She said someone just came to drop an envelope, almost similar like this one with your name written on it, and it's got money inside, and they said it is something about a mission. Do you want to go on a mission? Like So now at this stage, my heart's jumping out of my chest. I'm like, Danny, you won't believe it. Last night, I literally signed up for a mission. I want to go on this mission. She's, she's like, okay, come and get the envelope. Go to, go to her, got the envelope, open it, exactly 3,000 rand for the mission. All right? Come on. <laughs> huh? Exactly. Do the rand. Now, here's the thing. Someone else needed to sit with God and hear God's voice to hear from God someone's name they never heard of, to put money, a certain amount, 3,000 rand, in an envelope, and go and drop it at a church they're not part of. Do you you hear this? Someone else aligned their resources, aligned their resources to building to someone else's life. On that mission, God solidified my calling in full-time ministry. That was when I decided that is what I was going to do. And on that mission, I met Michelle, which is my, my wife today. Someone else heard God's voice, said, Lord, I want to be, I don't, what you give me is not mine, it is yours. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying give your, whole, give your whole bank account or all your calendar and your time and everything. I'm saying God is giving to us things and God wants to flow through us even if it's just paying the person behind your ticket. you hear what I'm saying? Aligning our generosity with God's building plan. How can we align our resources with God's building plan? You're welcome to open your Bibles in Nehemiah chapter 2. And so we're going to continue in this journey through the book of Nehemiah. Um, Donnie preached from the end of the wall that was built, and then we went to the beginning again, last week, chapter one, and so this week, chapter two, we'll look at chapter two, and so I, I trust God that he will reveal something so gentle to each one of us, because we know that there's, over the years, so many controversial things that were said about generosity, but I pray that tonight you will just hear God's heart of how he wants to use whatever he has been given to us, amen? And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that it's not every nation that comes to people and asks them for their money. It is you, Lord, that created everything. And you entrusted us, Lord, with certain skills. You've entrusted us, Lord, with 24 hours. You have entrusted us, Lord, with certain resources. And tonight, Lord, we want to hear from you, Lord, how we can align with whatever you are busy building. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, so I I don't want to repeat everything that Dani and Gideon shared over the last two weeks um, in terms of context. But what I I do want to give you just a short recap of where we are going to pick up in chapter 2. It's sort of this small window of opportunity that that Nehemiah took. And so in chapter 1, he received this word from his brother that the things is not going well in Jerusalem. He is now in Babylon. In Susa, he's working for the king, his homeland, Jerusalem, Israel is in ruins, the the walls are broken down, and things are not going well. There, There is certain people that already started going back and wanted to start rebuilding, but it didn't work, and so the morale is really not good in Israel. And so this really broke Nehemiah's heart at that stage, working in the the palace of the king um, of a different country. And so he started to pray. He started to pray. And so we see this in chapter 1. And so he was praying from Kislev, which is the month of November, December, towards this, the month of Nisan, which is this time, March, April, sort of four months. So he was praying and fasting, not fasting all the time, but he was praying and fasting all the time. And so this fasting and not eating and, and you know, really battling in the spirit for his people, started to show on his, on his face. Now he started to, now if, you, if, if you're not going to eat for a few months, you know, maybe a week, and then a few. You, 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 you fast a couple of more, maybe a week or two, and then you eat a little bit again, and then you fast again, it will definitely start to show on your physical being. And so this is what happened. And so the time then finally came when the king asked the question, like a small window of opportunity that opened up in chapter 2. And so let's read um, chapter 2, verse verse 1. It was in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. At the hour serving wine, I brought it in and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence before, so he asked me, Why the long face? You are not sick, are you? Well, are you depressed? So he was sad, you know. This is like, it's this opportunity. Like Nehemiah was never sad in the king's presence. And so the king never asked him this question. And so his physical fatigue of the last four months started to show. And the king is saying, what's wrong, my boy? And so that made me all the more agitated. And I said, long live the king. (laughs) And why shouldn't I be depressed when the city, the city where all my family is buried is in ruins and the city gates have been reduced to ash? So he's, he's just saying this to the king because the king asked. And the king asked, then asked me, Nehemiah, so what do you want? And so he did one of those, you know when you, when you, when you see a yellow light and you shot over, the, over that light and you're like, Protect me, Lord. You know, those, one of those, those quick prayers, those, those shot-in-the-dark shot in prayers. So he prayed one of those prayers. Um says, uh, so praying under my breath to the God of heaven, I said, so he prayed that, you know, shot prayer. And then he said, if it please the king, and if the king thinks well of me, send me to Judah. To the city where my family is buried so that I can rebuild it. Verse 6. The king with the queen sitting alongside him said, How long will will your work take and when would you expect to return? And so I gave him a time and the king gave his approval to send me. Verse 7. Then I said... If it please the king, provide me with letters to the governors across the keepers of the king's forest to supply me with timber for the beams of the temple forest, the wall of the city, and the house where I will be living. And the generous hand of my God was with me in this, and the king gave them to me. And when I met the governors across the river, the Euphrates, I showed them the king's letters, and the king even sent along a cavalry escort. So the king even sent soldiers with him to protect him as he was traveling to Jerusalem. Now, if we read this story, if you read this story, and you think about being generous and generosity, you pick up that there was two characters being generous in this story. I don't know if you picked it up. Nehemiah was generous. Yes. Nehemiah was generous with his skill and with his time. If we look at verse 5 and 6. And King Artaxerxes was also generous with his resources, if we look at um, verse 7 and 8. So God could use, listen to this, God could use their skill, their time, and their resources for his building plan. So let's take a closer look at these three components, time, skill, and resources. If we speak about skill, your skill, now whatever God has entrusted, I am good with this. Your skill, your talent comes natural to you, okay? Chapter 1 verse 11, Nehemiah says, if you turn just one page back or maybe it's on the same page, Nehemiah was a cup bearer to the king. Nehemiah's degree, his career, his work, he was a cup bearer. What is a cup bearer? A cup bearer is someone that tastes wine for the king. So all day when the new lot of wine comes in, you're like there tasting wine, and whenever the, it's poisonous, maybe you'll die, maybe you don't. But then if, if they pick up that there's something wrong with, the, with the, the wine, they would provide the information to the king, and the king wouldn't be served bad wine or poisonous wine, and it would and also go over to the food as well. You would also taste the food. And so this specific position was a high official position because the cupbearer spent a lot of time with the king. So the king needed to trust this person. They needed to be loyalty, right? So this was Nehemiah's work. This was his job. He was a cupbearer, not a builder. He was a cup builder, cupbearer, He was a cup builder. (laughs) He was a cup bearer, not a builder. But listen to verse 4 and 5. The king then asked me, so what do you want to do? So the king asked him, okay, I hear about your city. What do you want to do? And so he did that prayer, you know, that prayer under his breath to the God of heaven. And he said, if it pleases the king, and if the king thinks well of me, send me. To Judah, Do you think he conversed to God in that short prayer to send him to Judah? The plan was already established in the four months that he was praying. He already knew if the king was going to ask him what's wrong, and he said he's, he, the, 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 the Jerusalem was lying in ruin, and the king said, okay, let me help you. He already knew what he was going to, to say, because in his prayer time, he said, Lord, I'm a cup bearer. I don't have much, but use me, Lord, to go and rebuild the city walls. I don't have much. I'm a cup bearer. I taste wine for a living. But Lord, I see my people. I have a skill. Use it for your good. And so each one of us, right, we've got a, we've got a skill. You've got something that almost looks like this. Maybe you got it from school. Right? Certificate. Certified. Engineer. Tix. Master's degree in BTH for engineering in your doctor's degree, something, something. (laughs) I don't want to be disrespectful, but all of us have Something. And we say, Lord, thank you for the talents that you have given me. Thank you, Lord, that, that my name, I'm a, I'm a mother, I'm a father. Lord, thank you that, that, that I could study and that I have a degree. Thank you for, for the passions and the dreams and the talents that you have put inside of me. But what we do with this is we use this for us to build our own little kingdoms. And God is saying, I want you to be generous and so if this little box represents generous, you know, this is what we sometimes do. We put it halfway in, Lord. I'll give you some of it. Or I'll give you a little bit of it. But God is saying, I want you to be generous. Right? So we'll get back to this. God wants you to take what he has given you. Not to, not to use it for us because we are not here for us. We're here for God, to build with him. So he wants all of it. So let's speak about time. Verse 6, it says, the king said, well, Nehemiah, okay, you can go. How long do you want to go? How long will this work take? And when, we, when can we expect you to be back? And so Nehemiah gave him a time. And the king gave his approval. He said, yes, okay, cool, shall. Anything worth building takes time. Can I say it again? Anything worth building takes time. If you want to build a career, it's going to take time. If you want to build a good marriage, it's going to take time. If you want to run a marathon, it's going to take time. If you want to do certain things in life, it's going to take time. And what we do with our time, our time is my time. Because we all get the same amount of time. We all get 24 hours, 7 days a week, 12 months. And so my time is my time, and some of it I'll give to my wife if I'm married. But my time is not God's time. Sometimes I have just five minutes left, and so I'll give that five minutes to God and do one of those short prayers. <laughs> what do you think your boss will do if you tell him, uh, I want to go and build a wall. I need three months. <sighs> because that's how long it took to build the wall, 52 days. And so the king asked him, how long will you be gone? And so Nehemiah gave him a time. They built the wall in 52 days. If it was a skilled, you know, you guys knew Donnie shared this. If it was a skilled building team, it would take 22 years. They built that wall in 52 days. Okay, miracle. But Nehemiah had to tell the king, I need time. And the king let him go. Whose time is your time? Because we take our time and we build our own kingdoms. And God is saying, I want your time. God is saying, I want your time. It's it's part of the generosity that I gave you. It's not yours. He doesn't want just some of our time. He wants all of our time. Saying, okay, do you want me to sit in my room and pray? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, God wants use your time, not just you just use your time. He wants also to use your time through you so that he can build whatever he wants to build through his kingdom and through you. That's time. Let's speak about resources. Verse 7 says, so in this request, Nehemiah is gaining confidence in the presence of the king. And so he's like, okay, I'm all in now. The king is approving everything. Let's go for the resources. And so he requests to provide me with a letter that will authorize my travel. So first of all, he asked for letters to authorize his travel, and then through to Judah, and then a letter, another letter that will supply him with timber to rebuild the whole thing. So he asks the king for for two letters for protection to go with him, for men to go with him, and also for resources to go and build. And the king gives it there's a reason why the king gives it. Remember when we spoke about trust and loyalty? When we go a few chapters back into the book of Ezra, because ancient days, these two books was one book, right? Ezra and Nehemiah. And so if we go into the book of of Ezra, sort of the beginning, this same king opposed the building, the rebuilding of Jerusalem. He actually sent a letter and said, don't rebuild, stop the work, throw down the walls, don't do all of that. We heard this last week, Chidon um, also spoke about this. This very same king has now trust and loyalty with the son of Israel. And this guy is coming, and God is using King Artaxerxes' resources for his building plan. Can you see this? these resources were, very, were a very important component to God's building plan to restore the, the walls. And so in that moment, God could use King Artaxerxes. His resources, King Artaxerxes, his resources aligned with God's building plan. And so here's my question. How much of our resources, okay, we speak about resources are aligned with God's building plan. Maybe you say, well, I've got 30 rand in my, in my wallet. Okay, It's not much. Well, it can pay a ticket and it can, it can pay a parking ticket and it can change someone else's life. Are you, are you aware of that? Are you aware that that 30 rand, God can use that 30 rand? Are you aware that God can use your bank account? Are you aware that God can use whatever He has given you, your resources? God can use it for His building plan. But is it aligned to whatever He's building with? And here's a question I want to ask: Do we even know do we even know the resources that God needs to build? That person knew someone needs 3,000 rand. Three, a very specific number. Not 4,000, not 5,000, not 1,000, 3,000. Do we even know the resources God needs to build in certain people's lives to build his kingdom? Are you with me? And so this little gift box, we take it like this. It represents generosity. This is generosity. God gave this to you. I want you to know that God gave your skill, your talent, your time, and your resources. He gave this to you as a gift. And many times what we do is we take this gift and we're like, I'm going to use this gift To build my own life. We even go so far as to say. You are not worthy of my time. And we move on to people. That we feel are more worthy. To receive some of the generosity. That God gave us. And God is saying. I gave this to you. This is not yours. To build your own kingdom. Yes. You build a life here on earth. But I want to use this for the building plan that I am also building on earth. I need you. I want to work with you. That is what God is saying tonight to us. And so the question is, how did Nehemiah align his generosity with God? Because Nehemiah also had this. He also had time and resources and skill How did he align this with God? How did he knew, God, I want to give this to you. I want you to work through me. And we see two standout things. Nehemiah was a man of prayer. He prayed. He prayed about about anything. He prayed about everything. He prayed long prayers, short prayers, public prayers, private prayers. You can go and read. It's evident in the whole book. Go and see how many times Nehemiah prayed. It says, "I continue praying the prayer of your servant." So I prayed to God. We prayed. Nehemiah prayed all the time, and through praying, he could knew he knew what was God's heart for gen- for being generosity, where he needed to take what God has given to him and give it. So when the moment came and the king said, "What's wrong?" he said, "My city lies in ruins." And I want you to send me to go and rebuild it. Why? Because he spent time with God in prayer. He knew exactly what to do with his resources, with his generosity. I shared with you this testimony of how someone blessed me. And I can go on. Someone once blessed me with 10,000 Rand before I got married to buy my my suits for because I didn't have money. I still had to pay off the ring, and then I paid, paid for the suits for me and my brother, and I had enough money. And it was amazing. 10,000 Rand. I was given two cars in my life. Two cars. Three cars, I think. Three cars. Okay? I, the other day, something big happened. Like, we... We got a ring. Michelle lost a ring in 2019. Michelle got a new ring for for a wedding ring, 20,000 rand. I can keep you busy of the things that God has done through other people's aligning their resources. When I prepared this sermon and I wanted to share testimony of my own life, I want to be vulnerable with you guys. I struggled. I struggled to think of a moment where God asked me, and he did ask me, of giving a certain amount. And then I'm like, Lord, budget's a bit tight this month. Now, if I look at the spreadsheet on that side and the expenses on this side, I don't think we're going to align. And, you know, there's, there's moments that I can recall when I prepared this message I knew God spoke to me to where he wanted to use the generosity that he gave me into someone else's life. And I can't recall a testimony. And so I want to call us to be more aware of God's call when he speaks to us about our generosity. And how he wants to use this in other people's lives. Because many times we are just like, yes, thank you, Lord. You blessed me tonight. You blessed me yesterday. Thank you, Lord, for that money. Thank you, Lord, for that person who helped me. Thank you for my skill. Thank you, Lord. And, you know, we just go through life and we build our own little kingdoms. And God just blesses and he blesses. But God wants to use you and I to be blessings and to to, to be generous in other people's lives for God's building plan in their lives. Are you with me? The second thing, and I'm ending off with this, is Nehemiah was a person, he he loved people. He was a man of compassion. He knew exactly where the need was in his community. He was so strategic with his his generosity. If you go and read chapter 5, Nehemiah chapter 5, I don't think we're going to get to that chapter, but go and read chapter 5. Nehemiah withhold the income that he was going to get from the government to bless his people. He knew he had to do that. He was so strategic. He knew his people. He cared and he loved for his people. He knew exactly where the need was. And he would be generous and contribute into those areas. Do we love people? Do we love people so much that our generosity speaks about it? Do we fight over who pays the bill at a restaurant? Can we become a people that, we don't need, I don't even know how did the win, who paid? <laughs> because God is speaking through us, and it will change someone else's life. Amen? Yeah. Through prayer and the love for people, God can use your time, skill, and resources. And so I want to sum this up and take you to the book of Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the New Testament. And so many times when we look at the the, the Old Testament, we think this is the timeline, you know, the way the books was sort of placed. But you have to take, if you can just visualize this, take out Ezra, the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, and place it right next to Malachi, then we are on the right timeline. So Ezra, Nehemiah, and Malachi was the last few people, God's words were spoken to them, and then... God was silent for 400 years. God was silent for 400 years. And so here's the thing. In that time, the people started to to become religious. They were were no more rebellious. They didn't serve idols anymore. But they they fall into this place when they came out of captivity, out of the, the place where they were, bondage in Babylon and they were released they became very religious you can go and read Haggai Zechariah Malachi those three prophets and you'll see that the, the overarching theme in these books is the people asked what was the minimum amount of time that I can give to religious activity or to God they would ask what was, the, what was the, the, the least that I could give of my resources? And so God kept on asking them, listen, I want to use you. I want to build with you. And they just didn't listen to God. And so God was silent for 400 years. Becoming religious. We can become so religious. You know how, Our giving can become such a to-do. Oh, yes, I paid my tithe. Now I'm free for the rest of the month. Some of us don't even pay that. We don't even know what is a tithe. But after 400 years, God didn't respond with a word. He responded with an act. John 3 verse 16 and he said, God gave, he gave (sighs) because he loved the world, he gave his son and he demonstrated to us what it means to be generous with everything. God doesn't solve worldly problems. With worldly systems. He solved them godly. And he sometimes uses worldly systems. He uses us, you and me. He wants to build with us through the things that he has given us. So I want to pray. You can close your eyes and I want to pray for us. And before I pray, I I want to ask you to, just for a moment, place your box. If you can see this little box in your spiritual eyes. Can you take this box, your generosity, the things that God has entrusted you with here on earth? Your time, your skill, your talents, your resources. Can you just for a moment, hold it in your hands? Can you place this gift that God has given you before his feet tonight, the king? And say, Lord, how can I build with you? How can I build with you? <laughs> I'm a cup bearer, but I will be a builder. I've got a full-time job, but Lord, send me I've got thirty Rand in my wallet, Lord, but use it. Use me to build in your kingdom. You just want to spend some time. Just ask the Lord, practically, how does this look for you? I'll give you a few examples in a moment, but can you just for a moment hear the voice of God over your own generosity for a moment? those tonight, I want to ask you if there's anyone tonight that says, will you please pray over my finances? I need breakthrough. Can you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand for a moment. I'd like to pray over your finances. Lord, you see each hand in this moment, Lord. We want to trust you, Lord. We don't want to preach any prosperity gospel here tonight but we want to say Lord you own everything will you open the heavens we know Lord money is a worldly system but God you own everything and so you even use money Lord and so we ask you Lord that you will provide in significant ways this week but not just Lord to build into their own lives but Lord to build into your kingdom we pray, Lord, that You will provide in significant and in miraculous ways, Lord, in ways that we will, that they will come and testify of Your goodness this week. I also felt when I, when I prepared this sermon, that there are certain people that God has already spoken to You to become part of something or to invest into something that is sort of significant. You know what to do because what this will mean, it will really build into his kingdom, but you're just a little bit hesitant and you're scared. But this word almost came tonight and it and it solidified. It confirmed the word that you was feeling that God was sharing with you. And I, I want to share this with you that, that you will take this word to God late before your before his feet, and if you have peace, that you will trust him with whatever he is asking you to do, whether it's your time, whether it's your skill, whether it's your resources. And So I pray, Lord, in this moment for people that you, that I know that you have been speaking to over the last couple of months or weeks, Lord, will you confirm this word in their spirit in a prophetic way this week? In Jesus' name. In a very practical way, I want to ask you to pray into your tithing. We want to, as a church, you know that we don't take up tithe and speak about money every week. But we want to call you to pay your tithe. If you don't know what this is and you have a problem with with tithing, please come and speak to me. We want to call you to to tithe. And if you feel like you don't know how to become part of, of God's plan and where you can help or where you can give. Be generous. Please come and speak to us. We have missionaries on our teams that's got financial problems or issues or a Maybe Maybe you can help. Maybe you can become part of the I-Serve department. But tonight we want to call you to and so Lord, thank you. That there's no one like you and that we can bring, Lord, all our generosity to you and say, Lord, we want to align this with your building plan. Thank you.